Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Apple, Unity, NVIDIA, and Collector's Universe. Thanks. Okie dokie, let's go into the weekly play section here. Uh, just by the way, I'm with my Twitch stream and with my Twitch chat, and you can join me next time, uh, next Sunday, uh, around like 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. Um, it was really fun last time. I think I'm just going to keep it going. So again, every Sunday at twitch.tv slash realthetagang. We also do the Tuesday live stream at 6 p.m. Pacific time, which is the one that the most, most people show up, uh, but I'm going to continue doing this little fun streams every once in a while but for now every sunday and every tuesday so after close on monday you have logitech and ibm before open on tuesday you have procter and gamble as well as lockheed martin after close on tuesday you have netflix snapchat texas instruments and irobot before open on wednesday you have verizon after close on wednesday you have tesla chipotle and whirlpool as well as Netgear and Discover. Before open on Thursday, you have the Coca-Cola Company, AT&T, American Airlines, and Southwest, as well as Northrop Gunman. Uh, After close on Thursday, you have Intel. And then before open on Friday, you have American Express. Just as a brief overview, earnings are incredibly dangerous. It doesn't even matter if the stock goes up. Your calls are still in danger because of market manipulators, because people take profits, and because, well, no one really knows which price or which movement the stock will go to. So uh, just be ultra careful, uh, especially if you're playing with tickers or symbols that don't have that much volume in the first place. You will get hosed uh, with slippage, which means like if there's not enough people trading it, price discovery uh, is harder to achieve, meaning the bid and ask will be very wide. So you'll have a very tough time getting your order filled. It is not Robinhood's fault. It is literally because the bid and ask is very wide. Uh, I know a lot of people like to just straight up blame their broker or blame their broker app, but most of the time, you know, it's always when newer traders that aren't as uh, aware uh, it's their fault for picking a stock that doesn't have that much volume in trading. A huge company like Coca-Cola, like although they're widely known, does not have that many contracts in, uh, for volume. So their slippage is pretty bad. Uh, it's not just the market cap of a company. It's very much do traders like to trade the stock, and that's up to you to find out. So again, earnings are dangerous, and make sure that if you do play earnings that you put yourself in the best position possible and trade a stock that's heavily traded. Some key things to note here is that most eyes, I'd say for this week, are going to be on Tesla. Uh, Netflix and Snapchat very much kick off tech for this earnings season. Um, And Texas Instruments will kick off uh, semiconductors. So again, that's all on Tuesday. Uh, Texas Instruments earnings will affect Intel, AMD, NVIDIA, and TSM uh, because it's just the first semi to report, so everything in that industry will fall uh, follow with the waves of Texas Instruments, or whether, <laughs> whether if it goes up or down. Um, something is to be said about airlines. I'm not very kept up on how airlines are doing. Uh, but you have, again, American Airlines and Southwest reporting on Thursday. 
Um, so if you have any airline stock, you probably want to keep an eye out on that too, um, especially if you're already thinking about maybe exiting and moving those funds elsewhere. Uh, you have the ability and choice to do that before Thursday, uh, before they report. Um, although, you know, if you look at most graphs and you look at some memes, uh, holding through earnings is generally a good idea if you plan on holding the stock for like 10, 15 years. Earnings don't really mean anything in the very, very long term. But a lot of people like to micromanage their trades. I know I'm guilty of it sometimes. Um, but again, if you really went in the thesis of like picking up airline stock from the COVID lows and you're planning to ride these out, then that's just something else for you to think about as the earnings date gets closer. And doubling back to Tesla, um, yeah, Tesla has been on a record tear, uh, reaching all-time highs not, not too long ago and doing a stock split. Uh, I'll be personally looking at Tesla. Um, I'm hoping that it drops because right now it's still in the no zone. Like I'm just straight up saying no, I will not pick up Tesla shares right now. Uh, but we'll see. If they miss for whatever reason, uh, then and their stock goes down, then maybe I'll consider buying some. Otherwise, like cheers, if Tesla goes up, it's absolutely in the no zone. It's like in the stratosphere of the no zone, and I will not be picking up Tesla shares. Um, it's just something to say, like people that short Tesla are really asking for it. Like any stock for that matter that you short, you're asking for it. You don't have to short anything. In fact, it's incredibly dangerous to do so. A lot of my real life friends will come up to me and ask like, hey, you know, you've always talked to me about like, uh, like buying stock. What's shorting stock in? Should I do that if I think a company will go down? And I'm like always like, no, it's like there, you, you can you have the ability to just like not buy the stock. Like no, no one puts a gun to your head to buy something. Just choose to put your vote where your money is and just like don't go and vote or, or buy the stock that you don't want right like just don't short it it's a, totally up to you okay and continuing on with the weekly plays i myself i've just been doing my usual like i've been running a wheel on nvidia um and i've been just been buying stock uh really um right now it it's pretty scary in a sense that like with elections and everything like i'm human too and i definitely feel the tension um if i were to get assigned eighty thousand dollars worth of stock again it would feel pretty bad but knowing that like i've gotten out of it before i could get out of it again um but this time i'm just using some of my past experience um from that moment to and i just apply it here in retrospect and seeing if it plays out so right now i'm just buying stock of companies i genuinely like and that includes unity nvidia uh apple and collector's universe collector's universe if you guys and girls don't know is the parent company of psa if you've heard about collectibles and the boom that's been happening um psa grades the majority of collectible cards and so that clct collector's universe is the company that grades those cards Unity is pretty cool in a sense that it's the main driver of AR. If you want to build an AR app and use AR Kit or any anything for that matter, anything to do with AR, your first go-to engine is most more than likely Unity. Um, the they have great margins, 
the only problem is more like their business model um it's a subscription-based service but they also have an entire pipeline and cover everything from deployment to development or development to deployment it's a full full uh like full reaching pipeline uh that the company has its hands around um nvidia i see them as the leader of graphics cards and they are just hit the nail on the head they also have a dividend which is nice it's not a big one but it just helps uh you know honing in on my thesis of like you know if a good company that you like pays dividends it's even a better plus and apple i mean you really can't go wrong with apple uh i think it's just a glorified savings account at this point um we'll see though uh because there's a lot of new hands in apple as well after the stock split so we'll see if there's any sort of sell-off after the earnings uh, for Apple this uh, this quarter or anything for that matter, any stock with a lot of new people in it will drive the price up, but it can also make the price go down. They say like it introduces liquidity because people have more shares now, but you have to also account for the fact that like there's like a lot of newer investors that aren't accustomed to like losses or gains and so they're they're more likely to influence the market as well Okay, uh, moving on to the ThetaGang.com new website updates. Uh, yesterday, October 17th, I did a nine-hour stream on twitch.tv slash realthetagang of me actually coding the wheel tracker feature. Uh, it, it was a very cool event. A lot of people stopped by. Some people stayed with me the entire day. It was really, really crazy. Um, I got about maybe like 65% of it done. I'm looking to finish up to maybe 80-90% after the podcast. I'll be resuming a stream there too. And then uh, hopefully release it sometime like the beginning of November. Um, maybe like midweek, like November 4th, November 5th. It'll come out like on a random night. I don't imagine I would like wait until everyone comes on and then announce it it would just randomly appear one day but right now for what i have done uh you can add a stock position you could name the cost basis and how many shares you currently have and then what i'm about to work on next is whenever you close a covered call or short naked put it checks to see if you have a stock position and lower the cost basis for you because i know a lot of you have your own spreadsheets to track your cost basis for your wheels and I do as well, and I'm trying to make sure that like as I'm building it, it's a tool that I want to use, enough for me to stop using my spreadsheet and move it onto the platform. So just know that it's made for you, basically by you, because it's, this platform is made by an options trader. It's not just a software engineer building it for an options trader. It's a software engineer that is an options trader. So. Hopefully you guys and girls love it. Uh, I know just from working on it, I'm going to love it too. So just be on the lookout for that soon.
Okay, uh, think about this podcast episode as more of a helpful tip with a bunch of reminders. Um, we're going to be going over topics that we've definitely talked about before. But because earnings season is coming up, I thought that this would be a very helpful topic. Today's topic is choosing the right expiration date. Um, giving a brief overview of you know what expiration dates I pick or like how many days I pick. Um, and then ch- like a specific scenario inspired by a trade I saw on theating.com of why it's dangerous to open uh, trades near earnings. So going into it, uh, I specifically like choosing 21 days to expiration uh, for my uh, short options or the options I sell. Um, Tastyworks like 45. The main thing to consider uh, while picking between 21 or 45 or 7 or 2 or 0 is how often you want to be managing your position. Um, One of the key things and one of the key drivers of making sure you're trading with a plan is to trade by a trigger. So you want to trade, say, like maybe you receive $120 for selling this contract. You Well, you want to probably close it out when there's $60 left on that contract. So you collect 60 and then leave 60 on the table, close out the contracts, so you have no obligation, and then you're free to open another one. Um, that $60 that you get off of the initial $120 comes a lot faster if you pick the 21 days to expiration versus the 45. The more time you give the other person to be correct, the slower your option decays. Because I'm sure you guys and girls have all seen it. You've seen that exponential graph or that exponentially decreasing graph. And that's basically explaining how option premium gets sucked out, at least ex- at least for extrinsic value. Um, that, and that means like volatility and time. Um, one of the things that I saw on ThetaGang.com was that someone uh, was selling a naked or selling a naked call. Um, they didn't own the stock and it was for Tesla. They were selling the Tesla 700 and it was past earnings. They didn't label it as an earnings play because their DD said that they were planning to close before earnings. But what you'll find out is that that's actually a lot more dangerous than you think. Not only is it a um, a earnings play, and not only does it have a, like an infinite risk scenario, like if if Tesla were to um, were to cure cancer or something, and Tesla shot up to two thousand dollars, you're going to be filing for Chapter Seven uh, bankruptcy, right? Like, it's not a, like a good idea. So another reason why that position is initially bad is that there was a hope. There was a hope to exit early, exit before the earnings date. If you wanted to exit before the earnings date, you might as well have just sold the contract that expires before earnings. The reason why is because you don't want to be forced to hold the option through earnings. So meaning from this moment on, when you sold that 700 call for Tesla and they say it expires next week and the earnings are next week, that from the moment you open it, Tesla can go up. And what is what happens then? You're red the entire time until earnings day. And then maybe that's the straw on the camel's back that breaks it. Maybe that's what tilts you to be like, 
man, I'm already really red on this position, so I'm just going to hold it and hope that everything works out. And then, boom, you get you blasted, and Tesla shoots up to $1,000, and you're super sad, right? You don't want that scenario to happen. There's a few ways you can protect yourself. One, uh, the most obvious way is just making sure that your expiration expires uh, before the actual earnings date, so you're not forced to hold on to the position in case you're red. Um, the run, the the run, the one reason why it's so popular to have it uh, expire prior to earnings is because as you approach the earnings date, volatility increases. So when your objective is for the option to decay in value, doesn't it sound weird that you're holding your option till the earnings date? because volatility is increasing, which makes your option more expensive. So here you are wanting your option to decay, and here you also are holding it while volatility is increasing. So this mishmash of wanting this, the option to go down and but holding it and having the option increase in value because of volatility rising as it gets closer to earnings date is paradoxical like that's not that should not be part of your plan there's too many things that could go wrong for this to work out well in the end so as a you know a refresher you need to just make sure that your earnings dates or, or sorry your exp expiration dates expire before your earnings dates if they don't then you run into this problem where you're kind of forced to hold it you might get tilted to hold it past earnings and that's where bad things happen Bad things happen when you get tilted. Bad things don't really happen when you're just chilling. But bad things, in fact, happen the most when you're tilted. And you need to avoid that scenario the most. And one more tip uh, before I let you guys and girls off early this week because this is a short episode. Um, say, for example, you open a wheel or you sell a naked option or you just sell an option in general. And then a few days later, your friend says, hey, did you know that uh, AMD is reporting that week? Um, and say your option doesn't expire until like a week after that. And so if you weren't cognizant of the earnings date and you find yourself in this predicament by accident because you didn't purposely make it the, uh, expire after earnings, you wanted to avoid it, but you just forgot. The thing you need to do is if you are green on the trade, close out the trade, pick a new date, or close out the trade, and then just decide to just wait. That would be your safest and most responsible option to do. If you are red on the position, I myself personally would still close it. I don't like holding things that I'm currently red on in the hopes of getting out of it, especially if it'll lead me to getting tilted or in a worse scenario. This question has been brought up in Discord a few times and this is what we've all come to agreement to and I thought I'd just help uh, a bunch of people going into earnings this week. So make sure your naked options that you're, I keep saying naked, make sure that your short options that you're selling uh, expire before the earnings date, especially if you don't want to play earnings. If you wanna play earnings, make it the expiration after. Like great, you're playing earnings. But if you don't intentionally want to play, this is just one of the things you always have to keep an eye out on. 
This includes like ex-dividend dates and all that good jazz, all the other external factors like maybe Tesla's battery day or NVIDIA's chip day or AMD's chip day, like all of these big conference events, everything that can induce like a big swing. You want to avoid those because volatility rises uh, as you get closer to those events. You don't want to be caught in a volatility wave um, because you want, again, your option to decay in value, right? As an option seller, you want the option to lose value, not gain value. So you need to put yourself in situations that are boring. And I'm like putting quotes on it just cause like, you need to make sure that all the external factors are like accounted for, or at least most of them. So that when you're trading with a plan, it's you succeed by following the plan, not because you following some sort of plan and then you know you get lucky because they announced the cure for cancer or like this chip is now the fastest chip ever like you're 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 isolating yourself from uh big events in lieu of like more sustainable income or like more sustainable premium i think that's the best way to say it Alrighty, uh, we're trying to aim for the absolute shortest podcast of ThetaGang.com history. Uh, so I'm just going to read everything off really quickly here. You can follow me on Twitch at RealThetaGang, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at RealThetaGang. You can email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. ThetaGang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks, and signing up with the ThetaGang referral code is a huge help. That's ThetaGang, one word, all caps. You get a... It, it's up in the air you get like three to like five six months of my twitter alerts as well as a cherry emoji flare uh on the website to show that you're supporting the website and podcast um a few people are on it i originally said that you'd only have it for like a month uh but that's definitely been extended just because i've had an awesome year and just sharing knowledge is always a good thing um and i want to give a quick extended shout out to Lure, Wheaton, Free Wi-Fi, Led Zep 24, PFM, Nate the River, Anton, Kalehui, Nandwakel, <laughs> La Little, NM, Deuce Dingle, Tom Hamas, Pit Lesk, GTZ, Majadir, AG, Spazin Fish, Norfis, Murph Q, Cheese, Fancy Wolf, Hassan, Flip Flop, Maltman, Gonzo Damas, Pacro, JZN, Naw. XJS, Mikos, Craig Thomas, BK Trade, Hunter Joe, Baked Potato, Ensis, 88, Shifty, Rusty Year, Weenyot Jr., Kaput, Hermes, Krispy Kreme Boy, The Jester, Lazy Reservist, Cheddar, Lord Skeletor, Saltwater Cure, Decentia, Matthew Hans, Chicken Dinner, Bat Trader, 71, Lifesaver, 87, Slow Motion, Just Send It, Menno Dum Dum, GJ Wilson, France, Leo Jetson, Grandpa 95, El Finko, Mitch Bray 7, and Mike D. Those are all my patrons. Thank you so much uh, for just supporting me for as long as you guys and girls all have. Like it's amazing how long some some of them have been on here. Um, it's just I'm just super appreciative. 
um, and I'm just starting to talk like a like a post game coach. <laughs> no, I mean it's really been a pleasure getting to know everyone just a little bit more. Like each and every day, we have these like small interactions, and you know sometimes um, we get these like inside jokes that like span out for like a month. Um, but yeah, so that's it uh, for the podcast. Um, it's gonna be talking about a few very random things here, so you can feel free to change to the next episode if you want. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's been a, been been a good week, and uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Uh, Pokemon cards are at a all time high right now. If you are remotely thinking about buying Pokemon cards as a collectible to diversify your portfolio, please do not do that. Uh, right now, it is mania. Oh, this is very reminiscent of like Bitcoin when it was going up. Soon your mama and your daddy will ask if they should buy Pokemon cards and you will know for sure that is the sign of the top. Right now, Logan Paul has made a few videos about Pokemon cards and Logic has set the record for the PSA 10 Charizard. It is mania. There's no reason why some of these cards should ask for the price that they do. Um, there's something that to be said that you know just because a Charizard is rare doesn't mean it should be expensive. And let me put that into context. If a company decides to make uh, you know a Charizard every set for the next five years, suddenly which Charizard is the rarest, right? Well, obviously the rarest one is the oldest one, so that you can reference all the way back to base set, the very first set that came out. That Charizard could ask for whatever price. The newest Charizard should not be asking for a four-digit figure because you know what? There's like 500 versions of Charizard out right now, and there's only going to be more. So this special edition Charizard that came out last month is going to be old news very quick. And I don't mean old news like in a good way, meaning like it's going to become like the old Charizard because there's nothing that makes this Charizard stand out right maybe it's more colorful maybe there's a little bit more glitter and shine because it's a holographic but there is nothing that should make this as expensive as it is right now and the worst part is that it's not competitive right like in magic the reason why some of these cards are so expensive is not only are they old and are they from alpha the very first set and is not only is magic the gathering the like the most popular card game on earth it's the fact that those cards are powerful right like you can actually mess someone up with those cards you can't mess someone up with the newest charizard because it only looks cool it's not actually a good pokemon so that's another thing um i sold all of my packs uh besides one to someone that I met on a Facebook trading group. Shout out to Jackson. He was a wonderful dude. We talk, we still text here and there. He sends me pictures of like Pokemon packs and stuff and just checking to see if they're real. And I still help him out there. But we are getting insanely toppy. Like I've purchased my Pokemon packs for like 250 bucks, 300 bucks. Uh, and then suddenly now they're worth like at least 1100 and so I've sold off most of them. I sold them to Jackson for about like $800 each. And it was it was a good deal. And I'm like looking back to my card, card case and I only have one pack left. My one Charizard booster pack is worth 2.5K right now, which is insane. There's no reason 
why it should cost that much. But now I'm literally holding it just so I feel like I'm still part of the wave, though like I've sold off most of my gains and my most of my potential gains. But it's it's a lot. There's there's no reason why Pokemon should be this expensive. Imagine when the economy opens back up and y- all of a sudden you 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 and your friends want to go to Japan and then you don't have money to go to Japan. Guess what you're going to try to sell first? It's going to be your Pokemon stuff that you bought during quarantine, right? So just be uber careful when buying collectibles right now. Uh, it seems like a good idea because it's like consistently going up. Yes, it's fun. And if you want to do it for fun, don't let me stop you. Just make sure you're doing it for fun and not for a profit. Because if you're trying to do it for a profit, there's many better ways to put that money to use. Like running the wheel or buying stock or spending on a nice night out. There's like no reason why you should spend like a four-digit figure on the newest Charizard. Because that, that just doesn't sound good from an investment standpoint and a collectible standpoint. But that's my rant, and that's over. Um, we are just now shy of 30 minutes. Uh, this is a pretty short episode, uh, but I'll let everyone go. I'm going to be working on ThetaGang.com. Uh, I'll be working on the wheel tracker uh, for the probably the remainder of this beautiful Sunday. And everybody, have an awesome week. I will go and see everybody on Twitter and Discord and the website. Bye-bye.